Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Doing alright, doing okay. Um, had some tech stuff to deal with today. The website's gotten a small upgrade. You should notice it being a little bit faster, although it was a little bit slow before, which was the reason for the upgrade. Um, so just a little note on that. Um... By the way, just a little note on the side of that as well. There was an issue with our iTunes feeds. Uh, if you've noticed that we published some episodes but they didn't go through there, uh, that problem should now be resolved. Not like maybe right at this very second, but at some point uh, in the next few hours or so, because um, they that wasn't quite it wasn't quite working properly, basically. So, but these things happen when you run a website. Um, what have you uh, been playing? I haven't had a whole lot of time to play, uh, you know, with summer coming in, there's been a lot more stuff that's been taking up my time. I did manage to beat the fourth boss in Valheim. I'm still going on on that. Uh, just got to get prepped up for the fifth boss. He looks like a, a real tough bastard to take down. <laughs> uh, bounced around a couple of games I found on Game Pass. Nothing really noteworthy to read home about in terms of like... Yeah, it was okay. Probably wouldn't have bought it. Don't think I'm going to continue it. Um, but I'm still exploring that, seeing what kind of hidden gems I can try to find in there. But other than that, I just really haven't had a whole lot of time. Okay, fair enough. Um, so can you like finish Valheim? What's the what's what's like the end game? Well, it's kind of like Minecraft in that way. I mean, there's okay. a fifth boss, so that part of it would be done. There's still the endless amount of crafting and uh, base building and everything like that that you can do regardless of not even going after the bosses. Uh, you only really have to go after the boss to uh, unlock some of the builds and upgrades. Uh, there is an update coming out soon. It's called Hearth and Home, but they haven't really given a release date on that or said exactly what's in it. Judging by the name, I'm guessing it's a lot of... Uh, a lot more things for crafting and building, a uh, lot more you know ways to do that, uh, but there's not been any real specifics. Okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> I've still been uh, going through Odd Old Soulstorm, still really enjoying it. It's definitely in that category of, you know, it's a brilliant game, it's a ton of fun, but it's also very stressful because, you know, you're trying to basically escort these Madukans to safety. Uh, and it's, it, I find it to be much more stressful when you've got like a whole bunch of them with you as opposed to just sort of one. Um, the game's kept sort of, uh, how can I put it, catching me out now and again because there's certain parts within levels. Now this is, I think this is quite smart game design to be perfectly honest. I'm finding certain parts within the game where if you accidentally go past something um, and try and almost like skip a part of the level if that makes sense. Um, that you can end up getting a, uh, not, not trapped, but you can end up in a situation where you can't go back. Uh, cause I got into a situation earlier where, uh, there was a Madukan I was trying to save and I couldn't work out how to get in past these saws and everything. Uh, obviously you don't want to go into them cause they'll cut you to bits and then you'll be dead. Uh, and I sort of thought, okay, I'll go to the, cause it's a left to right game basically there is some like 2.9d elements but for the most part you're going left either left or right and i thought okay i'll go a bit further to the right see what's you know what's down there i, I don't know and then i started exploring a bit and i realized i'd gone past this saw that i couldn't get past the other way of and i felt like that was a bit of a trick of the game 
that was kind of smart as if as if to say like okay you shouldn't really go past here but you don't quite know that um and i've not really experienced that too much in games before i mean abe itself the the actual series i don't recall kind of doing things like that before and obviously you can do things like restart the level so you're not like permanently locked out of the area obviously you can replay certain parts but uh yeah just it's really getting me to think a lot which is which is kind of the point um I, i'm in this part of the moment where there's a bunch of like slig snipers and you can see like where they're aiming on the level that you are you are at and you can see like what areas you need to avoid and there's bits of like cover obviously you got to get to the bits of cover and stuff and um that's been quite a challenge i'm finding with the game that like i can't i don't really seem to play it for more than an hour and a half at a time i just sort of i get to a point where i sort of feel like okay i've gotten past these few bits and pieces i've saved a few madukans or a few of them have died because for my first playthrough at least i'm just sort of like okay if they die and i get past a bit i'll kind of accept it and see if i can still get a good ending um and then maybe you know once i've finished the game if i get a bad ending i can always just like try again but i'm trying to do a sort of just not restart everything playthrough and not trying to save all of them on the, on the first attempt uh, i mean saving every single one of them would be quite a challenge itself so i'm not attempting to do that but i am attempting to get you know hopefully a good ending uh, at least uh, which i've never gotten in an abe game before so that would be interesting I don't, i'm not doing very well with that at the moment i've saved about 70 madukans out of like 250 or something so I've, yeah I've, I've lost a, a fair few of them um but yeah it's it's sort of like i'll do a few sections a few sort of set pieces save a few madukans save the game and then sort of be like all right i'm gonna put put that on hold do something else, come back, and then do a few more, more, few more bits and pieces. So I'm sort of playing it in like little chunks in a way, I guess. But I can't really see myself, even from now going to the end, I can't see it as a game where I'm going to be spent playing on it for like three hours, you know, because it's just going to be not necessarily too stressful. But you just, I just sort of like to do it in checkpoints, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, what, a, a, any thoughts on that whole situation? yeah it's interesting that they would kind of guide you toward that path without actually forcing you down the path so that's pretty cool in and of itself Mm -hmm. um i like i said last week i haven't played it in abe games since the original xbox so i'm not really up on that part of it but you know it sounds like it's gonna be interesting i i legitimately thought you were gonna just quote ivan Draco there if they die they die um (laughs) So that would have been a little bit weird. But other than that, I mean, it's cool that you're still going at it, still having fun with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just like, it, it's interesting because I feel like I should be more annoyed at the game in, at certain parts. Because uh, when I, like, literally the example from four hours ago, whenever it was, um, where I walked past the saw and I was like, oh, I'll probably be able to go back past that and then just keep walking. And then I got past to, to the bit of the, where the saw was and I was like, and I just kind of realized like, oh, I can't go back the way I came and there's a Madukan on the other side and I can't get to him I couldn't even like you know when you can yell out like follow me and all that I, I my like his speech couldn't reach him he couldn't shout far enough basically for him to for him to to join him um so I, I thought that was really interesting maybe there is a way for me to get back past that saw I just maybe can't see it because there is a switch there but um the switch opens up the floor so that you can drop below it 
but I tried even on the first attempt, uh, like because you seem to move a little bit faster oddly when you're rolling. I don't quite know. Maybe I'm uh, not getting that quite right. Um, but like, there's these three saws that go around this like in, in a circle, and there's this little uh, switch. You open the switch, but like by the time you've hit that switch, the saw's going to be right behind you. So uh, there's obviously a way to to do it. And I tried using you know all the different items. I tried throwing things at it. Um, I'm sure at one point I threw something at it and um, it went from three saws to two. So maybe I can get rid of them. I I'm not sure. But, it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting kind of puzzle in that. Because it's not just a straightforward, hey, get past this thing, save these people. And that you really have to kind of think about what you're doing and what you're kind of using and stuff. So it's interesting. Um was playing a little bit more uh, COD right before. Because uh, I was actually like finishing the match. And then you said that you were ready. And I said I'd, I'd be there in a second. Um, been enjoying the new Killhouse map. Although apparently it's not a new map. Apparently it's a map from Modern Warfare 2. But I don't remember it from, from Modern Warfare 2. Um, but that's still been quite fun and quite interesting. I just really like small um, close quarters maps. It just forces you to kind of... I don't know. It like... It stops because if you look at uh, some of you might not what might not know what I'm talking about, but a map like Arklov Peak that's huge, you're going to be kind of running and running and running and moving and moving and whatever, and you've got this massive like open field and stuff. Whereas with Killhouse, it's this tiny little warehouse. So I, I don't know. It's, I I like that sort of just the enemies get to you quicker kind of thing. I I prefer that. So uh, speaking of old CODs, uh, old Call of Duty games, I did go back to. Um, uh, tried out COD 4, the remastered version that was on PS Plus. Um, it's got a few things, obviously, that are not quite dated well, like the gameplay and stuff. Uh, some of the options I do definitely miss that, that are in the game. Um, and I still, part of me still thinks that's one of the best, if not the best, COD game, which is interesting if you think about it, because that game came out in 2007 and we've had a COD, yeah, every single year uh since then so we've had like over a decade's worth of of games but even when i was going from like you know 2010 2011 2012 and having different cod games and stuff i still kept thinking cod 4 was was the best one at least the modern warfare series i think is is still the best one i just think when they went to like the advanced warfare infinite warfare and did all this like jetpack futuristic wall running stuff it's like nah this isn't this isn't call of duty so uh but yeah went and revisited that it was uh, it was fun to go back to some of the old maps that aren't on the uh, the newer games because they have added some of the classic maps to uh, Modern Warfare like Crash and Vacant and uh, some other ones. But I visited some other maps that I literally haven't played on for probably over ten years. So that was that was quite fun. So uh, that's pretty much everything I've been playing. Um, oh no, it's not. No, it's not. I uh, you you joined me on the Twitch stream last night. That yeah, I did for a bit. For, yeah, when for I, uh, I so I played a bit of fifa 21 and i'm doing a mason greenwood uh career he's a young manchester united striker and uh it's it fit what i wanted to do with the player career mode because if i i didn't want to play as a midfielder and trying to sort of work on build-up play i wanted to play as the player who was going to be you know on the end of the chances and uh, to try and score them and stuff uh any thoughts on the stream i know you said there was a sound issue <laughs> which yeah I, for whatever which reason I your your mic output was super super quiet and the game output was really crazy loud um can't really comment on the game itself because i'm not that familiar with the 
your style of football. I uh-huh. honestly, it just looks like people running around to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not even gonna pretend like that. Like I know anything about it, but the it the the quality was good. I mean, you got a new router, and that clearly has improved your ability to do streaming mm-hmm. in terms of the output and not having it stagger or buffer or anything like that. So yeah, yeah, it's good. So yeah, I think what happened. Was it a Champions League match you were watching me play? Because I really like the Champions League music, I decided to turn the volume right up because it's a great song, and I probably just forgot to turn the volume back down. So, yeah, but uh, sort it out in the end, and uh, I need to put that one on YouTube, but um, that was cool. Anyway, uh, that's what we've been playing and doing. Uh, let's move into some housekeeping. We'll see you for that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up koalu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for koalu and the amazon affiliate link if you would like to get the ad free versions of entertainment talks podcast and support us along the way you can simply sign up over on our patreon page you can sign up either as a creator or as a patron there's no difference there for the time being and you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film, but it's one per month, so one TV show or film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show all right so Recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, Fear the Walking Dead still continuing up to Season 6, Episode 10. There's supposed to be 16 episodes for the season, so 6 more episodes to go. So there's that. I uh, did a podcast talking about why I love zombie slash post-apocalyptic stories. You know, I'm a fan of The Walking Dead. I've watched other things like The Kingdom and a bunch of other TV shows and films and played some games, obviously, for, for zombies. But there's something very, very particular I, li- I like about the genre. Uh, I broke it down into certain categories like survival and trust and resources and you know the the way those kind of worlds work and uh, what I like to see from those sorts of stories so I thought I would just go through there's no spoilers for anything in there by the way Uh, it's just me talking about the genre itself and uh, what I really love about it so if you've been listening to like you know Walking Dead for a a long time or if you're just curious about my thoughts on that uh, that was quite a fun one to do 
as well. Uh, on the same day, uh, David and Robert <coughs> both joined me to talk about the uh, MCU's latest outing on Disney+, Plus, a TV show called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That was fun to talk about as well. Uh, apologies for the little tech issues that we had there. Uh, the recorder wasn't quite uh, working on that day, but uh, we managed to do the podcast pretty well and everything, so uh, you can go and listen to that. Uh, in the United Cast, newest episode is nil nil for Leeds. Uh, we play against Roma on Thursday and then Liverpool on Sunday. The season's almost over. It's felt like it's gone on for about a long time. But uh, yeah, that's the next ones of those. I uh, did a podcast talking about Love, Victor. No spoilers for the show, just talking about my experience of the show and uh, how it led me on to, t- to a topic connected to that, which is talking about uh, the importance of diverse storytelling and how... Yeah, my experience of Love, Victor is connected to that. Uh, Love, Victor, by the way, you can watch on Hulu in the US and on Star, which is part of Disney Plus uh, in the UK. And the second season starts in June sometime, I think. So check that out. Uh, Becoming Eisenberg for Breaking Bad, Season 2, Episode 2. We'll be talking about Episode 3 tomorrow. Uh, United Cars talking about Ed Woodward resigning and the Super League update. Uh, what else we got a gaming talk last week. We talked about the PS3 and Vita stores uh, having a change there. Sony's decided to keep them open for now. We'll see how long that lasts. Talked about E3, Discord, social media, and a bunch of other things as well. And that is pretty much yep yeah, everything we're doing on EntertainmentTalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's move into some news. I'll go first this week. I've uh, got some interesting things to talk about today. Uh, so, was it yesterday this came out? Uh, a, new, a new little trailer for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which is supposed to be out, is it June 11th? June 10th? So, somewhere about in, that, in, yeah. In June. Yeah, somewhere like that. Uh, this is a PS5 exclusive, so it won't be on PS4. Uh, and it won't be on, obviously, PC or Xbox or anything like that. Um, new trailer was shown off. Uh, the female Lombax, who was revealed in the previous trailer, I think it was the previous trailer, one of those trailers, is uh, her name is called Rivet. So you've got Ratchet, Clank, and Rivet, uh, or Rivet, I think it's Rivet, actually, um, or Revert. Rivet? Rivet. R- rivet, yeah, Rivet. So. Because a Rivet is a, a function of <clears throat> welding and steaming, and back in... Uh, World War Two. There's actually a female character called Rosie the Riveter, which oh. was used to encourage to get women into the workforce while the men were off fighting the war. Cool, cool. Uh, but that's her name. She was revealed in the trailer, and a few more bits and pieces. Uh, Doctor, I think it was Nefarious, was was revealed again as well, um, and he's going to be the villain. They showed some little sort of like gameplay parts to it. Uh, I think this game looks absolutely fantastic. This is what I kind of want from Ratchet and Clank and just to kind of extend it into this whole multiverse rift dimension type of thing I think is going to be really quite cool really really quite good um but the gameplay looks solid uh, you know I'm not a graphics person but it does look like a good game um the sound design of it looks looks really really good uh, the story looks quite interesting as well because you know some of these games admittedly as much as I love things like Crash Bandicoot and some of these other platformers Games like Ratchet and Clank, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro don't often have the deepest of stories. You know, usually it's just 
the bad guy wants to take over the world or ne- neocortex or something for for uh for crash and it's usually just a simple case of you know you have to stop them so i think this will make the story have a little bit more depth to it um so i think that's very very cool did you get a chance to see this trailer yeah i saw parts of it okay what do you what do you think uh it's interesting uh much with uh a crash bandicoot it's not a franchise that i'm not overly familiar with but graphically it looks good it looked like it was running at a solid frame rate so we'll just have to see how what the reviews are when it comes out mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh but yeah for me you know i've talked oft, often a lot of times about that 90s era of playstation which i grew up with you know crash spyro all those other sorts of games um this is kind of i did grow up in these games as well these ratchet and clank games i kind of watched you know my dad play them and stuff and so this is sort of like i guess later childhood because this is ps2 era that which is when uh ratchet and clank first started because uh, crash was in the ps1 era so this was still still sort of like later ish childhood um so it's still kind of very much a part of me you know my, my growing up with video games i suppose so it's still kind of not quite no nowhere near quite as much the nostalgia as i do have with something like crash but these games still do mean something to me and uh, i'm just glad to have uh have ratchet back because it's strange at the moment because you've got ratchet and clank one which has got the remastered version on ps4 which by the way you can is it that game you can get on the uh play at home no it's horizon zero dawn isn't it ratchet and clank yeah was, this month what? it's horizon zero dawn yeah yeah ratchet ratchet was a uh i think ps plus and a play at home or whatever it was called stay at home game uh so you got that and then you can't play any of the other ratchet and clank games on ps4 or 5 unless you use playstation now to stream the ps3 games um because some of them were later as well on on PS3. Because there's like nine or ten of these games. There's not like a trilogy. There's there's a dozen of these games. Um, I'm not sure which ones are considered canon and which ones aren't. But my recommendation for those of you that are interested, just to t- you could use this as kind of like to tide yourself over, I suppose, as well. Go and play the 2016 remastered version on PS4. Or if you can, you play that on PS5, maybe can you're asking the wrong person i don't own a ps5 <laughs> right right um i'm assuming you probably can um but i don't know but if you've got ps4 or ps5 whatever uh, i'd say play the 2016 remaster first um and then wait for uh rift apart to come out because i think it will be i don't think it will be considered canon but it will be a good like sort of prep game i suppose um but i, I don't know if this will uh, this doesn't seem like a sort of reboot i've heard some bits and pieces about certain things that are canon to this but i think you can kind of jump in on this if you want but i'd recommend you play the uh 2016 version first uh they did say that there's going to be a state of play on on thursday they can also talk about two other indie games we don't know what those are um but i'm expecting a bit of like a longer gameplay kind of thing on uh on thursday so even though i'm very much looking forward to this game uh because it's probably my most anticipated game now because Little Nightmares 2 and Odd Odd Soulstorm have already come out. Because uh, the other ones for me were the Hogwarts Legacy game and what was my other anticipated game? Uh, I think it was Hitman, maybe, which kind of came and went and stuff. But uh, yeah, I can't play this game at the moment because I don't have a PS5. Whether or not things will change between now and June, which isn't actually that far away because we're at the end of April. Uh, I'll have to wait and see. So, uh, any update plans for you for like PS5 or Series X or anything? 
I, honestly, I haven't really had any desire to buy a PS5 just because I don't uh, really play my PS4 a whole lot. Uh-huh. Uh, so I don't want to take one of those out of circulation um, for somebody that does. So as for the uh, um, Xbox Series X, I mean, I look for one every now and then online, but I just can't seem to find it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. still consistently sold out. Hmm. Yeah. So that, that's kind of the problem is even if you've got the money and you want one, it doesn't necessarily mean you can get one. So it's a, it's a bit of a shame. But I, I am hearing they're a little bit easier to get these days. So... I don't know. Have have a look around, but don't buy one off a scalper, is my my recommendation. So uh, let's move on from that. Uh, I'm not. I don't want to spend too much time on this next thing because uh, I've talked about this game to death. This game is dying. Uh, you can guess which game it is. The Avengers director left. I think this week or recently. Uh, the game's player base is still not very high. Last I heard, it was around 2,000. I don't know if that's for PC or PS4 or, or where that was. Uh, but I watched, um, not sure if you've heard of him, but uh, Yong Yi, I think is his name, on uh, on YouTube. He does like uh, videos on uh, video games and stuff. And uh, I watched a bit of his video earlier and uh, he looked at sort of the player base and like it's nowhere near its peak and people just aren't really kind of playing it. There was a little boost in players when they added Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. And then it kind of dropped off a bit. Um, I mean, the game still has its roadmap for this year, which even though the content isn't very interesting, um, they still, I guess, set that out. But that even that hasn't kind of enticed players to come back. But it's interesting that the director kind of leaves. I mean, the game's out, sure. Obviously, it's been out for, what, like six months or something now, uh, or, or a bit longer. Uh, and they got the roadmap and other things that are coming out. It's, it's weird because they announced... For for those of you that might not remember or whatever, they announced Spider Man was coming to that game a long time ago, and then recently they announced Black Panther was coming to the game, and then in between all of that, Hawkeye and Kate Bishop were added to the game. So Hawkeye and Kate Bishop were added to the game after Spider Man got announced, but Spider Man still isn't on there, and now Black Panther's been announced. So I I don't quite know what's what's going on there. So uh, which by the way, I think Spider Man would be exclusive to the playstation version wouldn't he because obviously you've got the sony thing so that's originally what it was supposed to be whether or not they'll stick with it i don't know so yeah yeah so uh we shall see i i don't imagine it will be tight i don't imagine it will be like the spider-man from the ps4 game or anything like that i don't think they want to associate themselves with this game but uh yeah the director left and uh that is what i wanted to bring up for that uh any particular thoughts there uh no not really okay fair enough uh let's move on from that and talk about something a little bit strange which involves nintendo surprise surprise uh so there's this little uh uh lego mario thing that came out i think it's out now i'm not completely sure but i think it is and uh this is uh, it's basically like a lego you know lego mario sort of thing but the lego character thing for mario is digital like he can move his eyes and he can talk and whatever else and the the lego figure itself has started crying out for luigi uh in terms of like save my brother or, or whatever hinting that you're gonna soon be able to buy a luigi for this like lego set thing um some people have reported that this is like kind of strange i've seen a clip of it myself um of the character calling out for his brother luigi 
it does look a little bit strange. Um, it's a bit of a weird way to advertise through that character because that's basically what he's doing. Is although it's part of like a little story or whatever, you know, Luigi's kind of lost or whatever's going on. Uh, your kid picks that that Lego thing up and is like, "Hey, I'm gonna have a quick go with it or whatever." And then it starts crying out for Luigi. Uh, have you seen any of this at all? What, what, what do you think of this situation? It's a bit strange. Yeah, I did see that as a news story. It didn't make any sense to me because I don't really follow the game that much. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you think of like picking this Lego character up and he's crying out for his brother? <laughs> make, it, it is what it is. It makes no sense. Yeah, so. it is strange. And it is Nintendo. So, you know, it's not the first time they've done something strange. Uh, but I thought I'd talk about that. Uh, but it's a bit strange. You can expect to have your children ask for the Luigi part for it in the future, I suppose. Because I don't know what you can get with it now. I think it's just Mario. And you sort of like bounce, move him from one part of the course to the other. And so, I don't know. But anyway. Um, I wonder how much that thing is actually. Let me just really quickly look up on how much do you reckon it is before I... I wouldn't even it. know where to guess. I own Lego two Mario. Switch games. Start, let's click on starter pack. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a pre-order item on there for Luigi. Uh, it says August first, twenty twenty-one. So yeah, that's what that thing is doing. It's advertising that that's going to be on the way. Um, there's a starter pack here with. It's got like a little Bowser or whatever and a Mario. Um, it says there's a version here for £33 but cut down from £50. And then there's like a full stack of characters and stuff which is £80. Sorry, £90. Um, but these things are never cheap. Even something like Lego Dimensions which nobody talks about anymore. That was quite expensive. So yeah, that's the uh, situation with Mario. Let's hope he finds his brother on August <laughs> so uh, moving on from that uh, PlayStation Plus uh, which we're also going to talk about games with gold today and uh, the usual continuation of things over there but uh, PlayStation Plus is doing something different doing something a little uh, different I suppose uh, and is launching in Poland today <clears throat> but they are adding uh, this isn't just for PS Plus they're adding a PlayStation Plus video pass and some of the films I saw advertised on like a poster and stuff is a uh, bloodshot uh, which is the Vin Diesel film, which I think came out last year, was it? That came out, like, right as the pandemic sort of hit everything. So, uh, Venom, the Tom Hardy film, Bad Boys for Life, and there's uh, some other ones in there as well. Um, so, yeah, we've kind of talked a little bit about in the past, about, you know, you've got PlayStation Now, which is the streaming thing, but you can download PS2 and PS4 games. You've got PS Plus, which has been doing pretty good with its... Um, free games with a subscription every month then you get the cloud storage and the and the online and the discounts then you got games of gold on the other side which has been doing really quite pathetically with uh its games and we'll talk about next month's games here in a bit uh and obviously that gives you online and gives you like discounts and stuff um then you've got game pass which is probably winning i i, I think we can say out of all these or out of these four subscriptions i think game pass is probably the one that's winning um, any thoughts on this video pass thing? Do you think it might uh, do quite well? It was weird that it was in uh, Poland as a test market because yeah. I'm I'm not quite sure I'm not that quite 
familiar with that market. I don't know if it was small enough that they could roll out a test to, you know, see if it could even function. Obviously, that's not the kind of thing you could do a beta test on in the U.S. or the U.K. There'd just be too many people on it. Um, it's doubly weird because Sony did shut down that part of their store uh, for rentals yeah. on the PlayStation. Yeah. Um, um, which that in and of itself never made any sense because they are Sony and so they do have access to a whole lot of titles. Yeah, they have a whole film studio. So yeah. Um, but yeah, it's proper. I mean, I guess it's some like alternative to that to say, hey, instead of paying like ten, fifteen pounds or whatever or dollars for a film, uh, we're gonna put our Sony because I'm guessing this will only be Sony produced films and not something like I don't know. Uh, Avengers or something, you know, or not? Uh, what, what's another film I can think of? Something like, let's say, like a Quiet Place from from Paramount or like Sonic from Paramount. I don't know if you'll see things like that on there from like different studios. Um, but I'm, you'll probably at least have Sony produced films like Bloodshot and Venom, and uh, I'm guessing this will probably be where the Spider-Man films go as well, because obviously with uh, Disney Plus, that's where you can watch the whole of the MCU. I think. Uh, all the Star Wars films and all that, but uh, that does exclude the uh, the Spider-Man films because Disney doesn't own them. It's actually Sony that owns them. Uh, interesting part to this as well, I talked about some of this recently on uh, an Analyzing Television episode. Sony's made a deal with Netflix and with Disney+. Plus. Uh, I can't remember which way around it is, but Sony films are going to start releasing, I think it's on Netflix first. Because uh, they made a deal for 2022. And then when they expire they'll go on to Disney Plus. But then those films will also go on to PlayStation Plus Video. Uh, I mean if if these films are getting released in three different on three different platforms. At least it gives you some options. Um, it, it's strange though because you look at the streaming. You know streaming wars and all that. You know Disney, Netflix, Amazon, HBO, Hulu. All, all those ones. It is strange where Sony is still one of the biggest. Uh. Uh, you know, movie uh, studios out there, and they, nev- they never made their own streaming service. There is no Sony Plus to subscribe to. Uh, those films have all been kind of just scattered elsewhere. You know, some on Netflix, some on Amazon, some on Hulu, I assume. Um, so that that always has kind of surprised me. But obviously, with these deals with Netflix and with Disney Plus, um, and obviously this video thing, that's kind of their way forward. Um, what do you what do you kind of think of of that? Uh, honestly that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because i mean that gets into international licensing it gets into various things of where is this going to go where is this going to go where is this going to go uh it's just going to be mental trying to sort out any of that so yeah what makes some sense to me is if you you look at like streaming services and subscription services and all that if this is a way to basically turn PlayStation Plus into a video uh, into a video game, you know, still with the two free games and all that, to turn it into having that and a streaming service, because you could Sony could simply just you know, not necessarily restrict PlayStation Plus to their platform. Obviously, you want to have if this is going to be more of like a video thing going forward for TV and film, you don't want to just have this uh, on PlayStation and do what Apple did, which is just have Apple TV Plus on. Uh, Apple devices, which they've 
they've put uh, they've put Apple TV Plus on other devices now, but they didn't at launch. It was basically a case where if you wanted Apple TV Plus, you had to either have I think it was an Apple, like an Apple device, you know, whether it was a uh, Apple TV box or an iPhone or an iPad or an iMac or you know those sorts of things. Um, I think if if Sony simply because they don't really need to do the Netflix or the Disney Plus deal, if they simply release PlayStation Plus as a video and games thing, and obviously you know if you're going on a Roku box, you won't be able to play this month's PlayStation Plus games. But you'd be able to access, I assume, some of their films and stuff. That would kind of make sense a little bit as a Sony streaming service to kind of bundle all their, you know, they produce these games and films and shows to just put it all on one one thing and uh, let people go to you. So, but they've made deals with two other streaming services. So, I'm not quite sure what the plan is there, but uh, I guess it will figure itself out. So, um, yeah, it's interesting what, what we mentioned here as well. It, 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 this isn't available anywhere apart from Poland at the moment. So if you if by the way, if you're looking at the featured image for this week's podcast and wondering why it's not in English, it's because I assume that's Polish. because uh, it's like a advertisement thing for uh PlayStation Plus video, so it's obviously in Polish. So if uh, if you're looking at that and you're a little bit confused, this is this is why that's it's written that way. So um but yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. But if it leads to a more dedicated home for um uh for PlayStation like properties I suppose then I think that's a good thing. So we have that. Uh let's move on from that. Uh I wanted to do I wanted to just go through this little list. I saw this posted on Twitter earlier this week. Uh so this is a uh, top ten most awarded video games. So uh so sorry for the the Game of the Year awards, most awarded video games that have got game of the year so this is 10 of them and we'll go from from 10 to 1 and then we can kind of talk about some of these games uh so number 10 with 138 uh game of the year awards is dragon age inquisition released in 2014 that won the official game of the year i think for that year uh at the game awards i think ign gave it game of the year uh, mm-hmm. I remember I remember 2014 being a bit of a strange year for games. There wasn't anything particularly massive that came out uh and then things were kind of went back to normal since then. Uh number 9 is Grand Theft Auto 5 uh in uh, in 2013. So this isn't sales, this is awards. Obviously if it was sales, GTA 5 would be much higher on this list. Uh that's 163 awards. Uh number 8 Red Dead Redemption 2 2018 released, 172 awards. Uh, number seven, Uncharted 4, Thief's End, uh, 2016, uh, 188 awards. Number six, Skyrim, which has been on everything. Um, you can like play it on your fridge or whatever, can't you? So, <laughs> I think so. Um, so Skyrim, which was released 10 years ago, yeah, back in 2011, 229 awards. Uh, the Last of Us 1, released in 2013, 257 awards. Uh, number four, uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, twenty seventeen, two hundred and fifty eight awards. Number three is God of War, uh, the twenty eighteen revival. I think is the right word to use. Uh, two hundred and sixty awards. Number two is The Witcher three, released in twenty fifteen, two hundred and eighty awards. And as of recently, just passed it. Number one is The Last of Us Part two, uh, twenty twenty, released three hundred awards. Uh, Robert, is there any surprises there for you? Obviously, most of these games are pretty popular and have sold quite well. Um, what do you think? No, not really surprised. It was we get higher, higher on the list. It's actually 
it's more newer and newer games is because there's uh-huh. been more and more awards to be given out. True. So it's yeah. just a volume thing more than anything else. So yeah, there's no real surprises on that list. Okay. Is there any games on this list that you think aren't very good and shouldn't have had so many awards? Because I, I can think of two that stand out to me a little bit, but what do you think? No, not really. I mean, I've always said that, you know, my enjoyment of the game is not a criticism of the game itself. Anytime I'm critical of a game, it's from a functionality standpoint. Like, I haven't started, you know, Cyberpunk 2077 back up yet because I don't trust the functionality. I've played a few games where I've stopped playing it because of the functionality, and then I might go back, like with Fallout 76, when that gets to the point to where it's not a waste of my time. (laughs) But I've often said... You know, I'm not a fan of The Last of Us franchise, but I don't care that it's winning all these awards. It doesn't hurt me in any way. Uh, I couldn't get my brain to work around the functionality for the controls for The Witcher 3. Not going to say that game doesn't deserve all the awards that it got. Um, Obviously, it's a good game. It functioned well. It's just its inability to function was my issue, not the game's issue. So... Um, but yeah, I mean, not really, no. Okay, cool. But yeah, it's kind of true a little bit what you said about there is more awards available now. I mean, the the top game on this list is the newest game on this list, Last of Us Part Two. Um, the the oldest game here. Uh, I mean, the the three oldest, which are 2013's Last of Us, uh, 2011's Skyrim. Uh, 2013's GTA 5 and then 2014's Dragon Age are mostly in the bottom half although Last of Us is in the top 5 so um, that's probably the case as well but uh, to me uh, I don't quite know how Skyrim won that many awards and I don't quite know how Dragon Age Inquisition won that many awards Those are, uh, all the other games I think are, are brilliant um, I think I've played every game on this list uh, I've played Dragon Age, played GTA, Red Dead Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I've played every game on this list. I haven't finished every game on this list. I finished 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. I finished 8, so there's only the two that I didn't, which is Skyrim and uh, and Dragon Age. Um, so, yeah, but uh, yeah, thought that was interesting to go through. Yeah, and Skyrim and, Skyrim and Dragon Age, I've played both, and I kind of have the same issue with both in its terms of... Um, direction because with Skyrim you get the very initial quest and then that quest ends and then it doesn't auto direct you to the next quest you just kind of left to meander about and it's really easy to get lost and distracted so I just mm. lost track of the story um, with uh, Dragon Age Inquisition you open up a lot of zones but the zones are not level specific so like you can go into one zone do the first couple of quests and you know go and get it done but then you go to another quest that's in that same area, but it's in a much higher level area, and it doesn't tell you that, and you get your face kicked in. And so you have to be very disorganized with doing quests like, okay, I can survive this zone in this area, and I can survive this zone in this area, and you're very disjointed and disconnected. Um, and that, I just had a lot of problems with that. I've started that game like six or seven times, and I just never wind up finishing it because of that disjointedness. Mm, yeah. Speaking of Skyrim, by the way, when I did um, properly try it, <clears throat> which was in VR. Now, I know I usually say that I'm not particularly bothered about graphics, but when you're playing a VR game, 
and the game looks as ugly as what Skyrim does. It's almost distracting. Um, like uh, the the gameplay for it was works functionally works all right. You know, there's a lot kind of going on. You know, you're kind of doing all this, you know, uh, item management and especially with things like bow and arrows and the way you're blocking with swords and equipping shields and doing this and that and whatever and turning around and you know, everything else. So there's a lot going on and it was it was relatively good controls wise it could have been a little bit better but obviously it's it's difficult to make games that complicated sort of function in vr especially on the on the psvr as well um but it just looks so ugly to the point where it just it was just distracting and like i would go up to people and speak to them i was like no, it's just i don't know when, when you're playing when you're in vr and you're that literally close to something because the thing's on your head <laughs> um and you're wearing the game almost uh, it is a bit distracting. So, yeah, but to be fair, a game that old is is gonna have a tough time in VR. Yeah, I I know, but it's still just like <laughs> it was a uh, it was a bit difficult. So yeah, plus I also got kind of lost and I was like I don't really know where to go. Um, so yeah. yeah, like and I had the same thing. So yeah, yeah, I, I remember like some I remember a character said to me at one point, go in this building and talk to this person, but they didn't quite say where the building was. I think I went into a room and then the person was like, "Get out! You're not like you're trespassing." I was like, kind of holding my hands up of like, you know, (laughs) yeah, forgive me, kind of thing. Um, So anyway, but uh, that's the list I wanted to go through for that. Uh, That's what I've got to talk about this week. How about you? Uh, Well, first up that I've got is a rumor, but it seems to be from a a credible source. On the recent episode of Xbox Two podcast, uh, industry insider Rand Althor uh, was speaking about the Microsoft acquisition of Bethesda, and according to him, Starfield is going to release in 2021, and it is going to be an Xbox exclusive. Um, Microsoft is hoping that it'll launch this holiday season. Um, he does not provide specific evidence. He does not work for Microsoft, but he is, you know, an industry insider. He does say that he heard this information from a re- reliable source. Um, I don't know that I believe the 2021 part of this because we've seen no gameplay. We've seen no, like, trailers outside of the initial teaser trailer a couple of years ago. We know... Well, we don't know, but we can infer from some other podcasts that they just kind of had to restart with the engine on a few things. Whether that solved so many problems that it, you know, going backwards made them leap forward, or if it's just going to be a thing to where it just gets delayed, even though it's not had an announced date yet, I don't know. Uh, I've always maintained that with all those games, at a minimum, they're going to have a six-month console exclusive for microsoft i don't see it as being an xbox only exclusive because there's literally no reason to not have that on the pc nor is there not any reason for them to put it on the pc not put it on the pc so yeah so this is for starfield you said yeah for starfield yeah um no i, I don't think the game's coming out any particular time soon um in terms of i'm still just like it's it's really strange, isn't it? This whole Bethesda, it, are these games exclusive? Are they not? And, like, clearly... I mean, unless there's some legal stuff as to where Phil Spencer can't just say, you know, this is exclusive or that's not or this... I mean, we know about, um, what is it, Deathloop and Ghostwire? 
Tokyo. Yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo. That, that those are going to be on uh, on PlayStation. Uh, but obviously those deals were sort of done beforehand. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm curious to see how that kind of works out. But then again, there's certain other games. Like things like um, the Ori games are on Switch. And mm-hmm. you've had other things like... Uh, what was it? Cause the the only the only three games I can really think of now. I might be wrong because I'm trying to think of Xbox games now. The only three games that are like big on Xbox that haven't come to uh, uh, other platforms so like PlayStation and Switch. Obviously, PC is a different thing because you can get Game Pass on PC. So um, is Halo, Gears, and Forza. I don't think you can't get those games on PlayStation. You can't get those games on Switch. But other things like Ori and uh, some other games as well something like uh, super lucky's tale you can get on switch um I-, I was thinking about this the other day that actually speaking of like xbox games something that surprised me a little bit and then this, this is a little bit off topic but i just wanted to sort of mention it as well xbox has got tony hawk crash bandicoot and spyro on their console these three games were i mean crash and spyro were playstation mascots uh not so much tony hawk i mean he was a you know playstation well not character he's a real person isn't he um that was like a playstation game you know when you think of those those 90s playstation games those was all in that category um i haven't really seen a lot of promotion on xbox's side for those games i mean isn't this the first time in over 20 years when those games have been available uh on on that console I, i've seen a little bit of advertisement from uh like nintendo for the crash bandicoot games and for uh i don't think the spyro games are are on there um and uh, i don't think the tony hawks ones are either but they've like nintendo's advertised the crash games and stuff but in terms of like competition and things i mean the competition's on their own console somewhat uh, so that's kind of surprised me a little bit, but no, in terms of Starfield, um, yeah, I don't think it's coming out any particular time soon. Um, so we'll see. But what do you what do you think? Well, with games like Ori, they just fit really well being on the Switch. I mean, they're a two D ish platformer, so it doesn't take as much of a graphical processing power to render out of something like you know Gears of War. The fact that they got Doom and Skyrim to run on the switch is impressive. I'm not going to lie. And uh, can't talk. And Microsoft has never really been a, we're locking you out of this content mentality. And now granted um, they haven't done enough, a lot of updates for uh, Minecraft on the PlayStation side, Uh, but it's not like you can't buy it on PlayStation um, same way with all the companies that they own now as part of that Bethesda Zenimax deal. It's not like it's never going to come out to those consoles. It's just going to be first and exclusive for, and I still say six months just because that makes sense. That lets all your Game Pass people uh, get it. That lets all your uh, you know people that aren't Game Pass but still want to really play the game. That gives them you know, an incentive to be on that platform. And then if you have to wait six months and you're PlayStation exclusive, you know, you'll wait six months. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, there's the whole just situation on from Microsoft side is a little bit odd. Um, Cause it, this wasn't a cheap deal either. I mean, it's eight, you know, seven point whatever billion or let's round it out to 8 billion. Um, it's just, it's a little bit strange to me. 
Um, obviously, we don't know the legal ins and outs. We don't work for Microsoft or Sony. Um, it's just a little bit strange, and I might, I might have this. I might be reading this wrong, but it's just a little bit strange that you'd pay eight billion, which is a lot of money, for these games, and then they can still potentially end up on your business competitors' systems. Oh, yeah, but they oh, own oh, those uh, companies, so any profits that those companies make invariably at some level filter back into Microsoft. But to, to me, that's a little bit like if Netflix made Stranger Things and said, hey, HBO Max, you can have Stranger Things. And then if you're subscribed to HBO Max, you wouldn't then need to get Netflix. It, it, it In a way of like, uh, obviously Starfield and, not Starfield, obviously Tosca, uh, I can't talk now, uh, that game and Deathloop are different. But let's say with like the next Elder Scrolls after that, if that if you're a PlayStation gamer and you, let's say you only have PlayStation and that game's coming out and you, you really enjoyed Skyrim on, on PlayStation 3 or, or wherever you've played it, it's on everything. So if you enjoyed that and then you, you're looking forward to the next Elder Scrolls and then Microsoft says to you, well, even though we brought this whole company pretty much um we're still going to release that game on your system it doesn't then give you i i I just feel like microsoft should be saying hey we've got this thing if you want to play it come and get an xbox so then you you, you would then be saying to playstation gamers hey this these uh companies games bethesda's games that you've played for like over a decade or whatever um if you want more of them you need our system i just i i'm not really seeing the other side i i get what you i get the i get kind of the business idea of like okay if they buy the game on their playstation we still make money from that but then you can kind of make even more money if you try to incentivize somebody to buy your system same thing with like um uh, I mean, it's a little bit the same thing with like maybe Naughty Dog games or whatever. Like, if you if you want them, you have to go over to PlayStation kind of thing. I know it's obviously a little bit different with, with Bethesda; they were third third party for for quite a while. But I'm just not quite getting that side of things. But we'll see how it all plays out, and we'll see what is and isn't exclusive. Because apart from those two games, everything else seems a little bit just up in the air. So we shall see. Uh, anything else on that? Uh no, not really. All right, what else did you want to talk about today? Well, keeping on the subject with uh, Game Pass, Game Pass Ultimate, um, Dragon Quest Builders 2 is officially heading to Xbox on May the 4th, and it is going to be part of Game Pass. Uh, Microsoft confirmed this news after store pages for the game began appearing online and leaking the existence of the game on the Microsoft systems. This game launched in December of 2019 for Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4, and was slated to be on PC a few months later. Um, it got good reviews on the build. It's basically it's a com- it combines exploration, sandbox building, questing, and town management into a delightful package, according to the you know summary review of the game. I'm not that familiar with it, but it's you know in the Dragon Quest series, which was you know something I grew up on as a kid. You talk about your '90s games. That's me in the uh, mid '80s. For that game cool. and it's coming to game pass so if you've never heard it before and you don't want to kind of try it you know then you've got an incentive to try it for free mm-hmm. well not free but you know what i mean yeah yeah sounds good uh so yeah what do you think of this seeing as this is kind of more of your area i guess 
it's definitely something that I'm going to try. I was really curious when I saw that uh, announcement as to where this um, is going to go. But, you know, it's it's game I'm definitely going to have to check out. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, I've not got any particular interest myself. The whole uh, that, that, that sort of series isn't one that I have leaned on, really. So, uh, I don't know. We'll just have to kind of... Uh, wait and see but uh you know I'm, I'm in the middle of playing some other stuff at the moment um it's strange because i've almost had last of us 2 for a year you know that came out in june last year and i've still got to like go back to that for other stuff so but um yeah if you want to go out and get that that's available so uh go and check all that out as well um all right what else did you want to talk about today well, on the flip side of Microsoft and them doing not things well, uh, the games with gold for May got released, and they're just as disappointing as last month's. Uh, the four games up are Armello, which is listed as being a digital tabletop game set in a dark fantasy tale ruled by animals. Uh, Dungeons 3 is a dungeon simulator where you play as Thela, the leader tasked with commanding troops to create diabolical dungeons. Lego Batman, which was released back in 2008, is going to be... It's a Lego game, so you know exactly what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And the final game, which is the only one that I might even remotely try, is Tropico 4, which is a strategic strategy management sim that places you in the role of El Presidente on an island where you work to create a prosperous nation tending to your citizens' needs from enemies of the government. Uh, Arm- Armello and uh, Lego Batman are day one, so that's May 1st. Dungeons 3 and Tropico are May 16th. I was just thinking, just as you were reading them out, obviously you got four there as opposed to PlayStation's two. Just kind of a hypothetical. This won't happen, but as a hi- hypothetical, let's say the quality of these games continued to be as bad as they were. Let- Lego Batman's probably the standout here. You know, Batman, mm-hmm. DC, you know, speaks for itself. Let's say that Microsoft continued with these like weird choice of games and stuff, but they had two of them on there instead of four. Do you think it would look better? No. Because um, then you're it offering would less worse games. Yeah, it would really depend on the choice of games itself. Right. And I think this is semi-intentional in that they're obviously wanting more people to go to Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate. I saw a news thing that I didn't feel like deserved a full story, but since we're talking about it, they surpassed 23 million subscriptions between Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate. So that's obviously where they see the business going and um, where they want to drive their customer base. Obviously, they can't drop the number of games that they put on Games with Gold because that's just going to anger the player base. And after that whole nearly doubling the cost of the annual gold fiasco, they definitely don't want to do that again. Yeah, yeah. But I I don't mind the fact that they're not, you know, big, giant, mainstream games. With Game Pass, there is no incentive to put, like, a Gears or a Fable or anything that's owned by Microsoft on there. I would like to see, you know, some games that would at least pique my interest. I mean, I've, I remember the Tropico series. That's why I'm probably going to at least try Tropico 4. Um, but just something that I would have at least heard of on some level... Hmm. Would have been nice. Do you think they should try offering some more old first-party Xbox games? 
Yeah, I would like to see some more original Xbox games as part of that, but then that gets into licensing. Um, I'm sure, like a lot of the companies, the licenses have expired. I'm sure with a few companies, the companies no longer exist. Like, I've often said I would love to see the original two Buffy games that came out on original Xbox as being able either for purchase for me to play backwards compatible or even as part of a games with gold. If you're at all a fan of Buffy slash angel in that series, if you can find like a used game store that has it and find a way to play it, I don't know. Let me check to see if it's on steam. I really doubt that it's on steam because I think it was an Xbox exclusive. Let me just search here real quick. Okay. I, I relatively remember that Buffy game. Yeah, it's not on Steam, so I doubt it would be on Epic or uh, GOG, because the games themselves basically played like a really long episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. But for the first one, outside of Sarah Michelle Gellar, it had all the voice cast for the rest of it. The second one, I think Allison Hannes. Alison Hannigan was busy with uh, How I Met Your Mother and Sarah Michelle Gellar has kind of pretty much dropped off the acting scene since then. I can't remember the last thing that she's been in that wasn't just like a commercial that she randomly does. Who's Sarah? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Can't think of much. Um, so the, some, the voice acting wasn't as good, but it was still enjoyable. But the combat system was really unique, and I'm really bummed that it never went anywhere um, for what, that, what for that game. For the first, for the two Buffy games, it was kind of a it was a 3D over the shoulder, but it had like really unique movement system and really unique weapons. Um, there's a lot of impromptu weapons that you could pick up because obviously in that universe you just need a piece of wood to go stabby stab with <laughs> the vampires. Uh, so they put in a lot of random objects that you could pick up and then break, and then those became stakes. Or you could get like weapons, and there was the occasional super move that wasn't like on a timer or anything. It's just it didn't really need to be done except for very specific circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wish, if nothing else, we could get like a PC port of it so that I could play it again. But that's about the only game that I can think of that I would want from that original series. I'm sure there's a ton of others, but we're never going to see them because of licensing issues. Mm. Yeah, see, that would be a good games with gold. Uh, you know, Buffy's a kind of a big name. So um, I know obviously you got the Joss Whedon issues there, but you can kind of put them aside and... Uh, Still play, um, still enjoy Buffy and stuff. Oh hell, it? if I if I couldn't separate the art from the artist, I I couldn't watch ninety that exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I might have a have a look up on them on YouTube, see what they're kind of like and stuff. So they sound kind of uh, intriguing, but uh, yeah, it's, oh, uh, it's. I'm sure there's playthroughs on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a pretty a bit of a poor choice again for uh, games with gold. They're just kind of making themselves look a bit silly at this point, I think. Because um, yes, the get the game pass stuff is there, and yes, you can go and grab all the all the value of that. But games with gold is still a thing. It's still the thing that they're putting out monthly, and it's still a thing that's not being received very well. So uh, yeah, but uh, we'll see. Have they announced the? Uh... They haven't announced the PS Plus ones yet, have they? So no, they usually announce those on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, a bit later. So, um, so that's that. Uh, but yeah, Lego Batman's all right if you want to try that out. I think I played that with my uh, niece a couple of years ago. Um, can't remember because there's three of those Lego Batman games. I'm pretty sure. I think we played two of them. I can't remember, but uh, that's that. Uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about? 
Well, as you know, I always try to end on either like a completely interesting news or a completely, you know, uplifting news. And this one's a little bit of both. Uh, something that I never thought I would say, a video game has won an Oscar. Mm. Um, so the Oscars were over this weekend and a video game uh, w- received an Oscar recognition for the best documentary store, uh, short. Uh, the short was called Colette, which is a short film featured in the Oculus virtual reality game Medal of Honor Above and Beyond, which also means we've got the first Oscar won by a social media platform because Oculus is owned by Facebook. Uh, the film itself, if you haven't seen it, is a 24-minute film directed by Anthony Giacchino and produced by Alice Doyard, which follows the survival of the French resistance Colette Marin Catherine as she returns to Germany from the, for the first time since the end of World War II to visit a concentration camp where the Nazis killed her brother, Jean-Pierre. And so this is about her, her life during the war, her time as a resistance fighter. And it's just, I mean, it's something that obviously it's history, so it's something we need to remember in, in proper context, of course. And it's something that it just shows how much more mainstream video games are become that a VR goggle owned by a social media platform just won an Oscar for a documentary. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, good to see kind of VR getting a bit more out there as well because I do think it's a particularly special experience uh, provided mm-hmm. you find a good experience on the VR thing itself. Uh, so play you, Iron Man VR. Yeah, play Iron. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say it this time, but uh, you, you you did it for me. So uh, I'll throw yeah. that in there since I know you say it a ton. So <laughs> yes, go and play Iron Man VR definitely. Um, I don't know how much that is on the PlayStation Store, but go and play it anyway. Um, yeah, it's good that that's uh, done done well for that. I heard the Oscars didn't do very well themselves. They didn't get viewed. Uh, the by... ratings tanked, and I yeah. mean tanked a lot. Yeah. They were. Down sixty percent almost from last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting though because over the last year, like cinemas have mostly been closed and not many films have even come out. Uh, so it's a bit strange. I, I, I'm not saying like you should cancel the Oscars because there was not many films out, but we had what two DC films, one of which was just about released in cinema with Wonder Woman, like the limited cinema release. Uh, mm. Birds of Prey was the February, so it was like a month before the lockdown. Uh, not a single Marvel film has been released since then. Uh, things like Quiet Place 2, which I'm very much looking forward to, hasn't been released. Uh, James Bond, uh, a whole bunch of, of things um, haven't come out. But some, some things have kind of come out in streaming and that kind of stuff. So I guess they're uh, eligible e- eligible and everything. But uh, no, good to see VR getting more out there. Good to see they won something, which is good. And uh, yeah, good to, like you said, good to see a bit more. Exposure. By the way, I, j- I just checked the store on uh, Sony's website. I don't know about the UK but the U.S. Iron Man VR is forty percent off until April twenty ninth. Okay, so safe, if safe if you days. need a reason to go get it and you have VR, go get it. Cool. What's the actual price listed? Uh, for the U.S. is a uh, twenty three ninety nine. Okay. Okay. So it's normally a forty dollar game, so it's almost half off. Cool. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's good with all that, so that's good as well. 
Uh, so move on to some uh, emails and feedback and things like that. Uh, if you want to send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, whatever you'd like to talk about, uh, methodentertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, Sam says, uh, enjoyed the ratings uh, listing, so I wanted to throw some in. Uh, and they put uh, the Mass Effect games and Lego Batman uh, which is yeah, that was that was the games of the gold bomb, wasn't it? So interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mass Effect games, I would mostly say don't skip. I never did finish Mass Effect three. Um, see, it's, it's funny to ask us at this particular time because obviously the games are about to be uh, remastered, so obviously their quality will hopefully be improved. Uh, you you would you would hope. Uh, Lego Batman's a good game. You know, the, the Lego games are good if you're sort of playing them with someone and you can just kind of have a good time with it. Um, so uh, I I would say don't skip to both. Um, if you're asking Mass Effect like as a trilogy. Then yeah, I'd say don't skip uh, for that. The first one is not great at the moment, but again, it's being remastered, so it'll hopefully be better. Um, that's, that that game is going to be my full kind of playthrough of that series because I played all of two and then some of three. So I'm going to go back to the first one, obviously, when those come out. Uh, what do you what do you think? Yeah, the first one had its issues with texture pop-ins. Uh, functionally, it was a really good game. Uh, there's a there's a long-standing meme with elevators on that game, so that's how they hit a lot of the loading screens. You have to go somewhere and you just be riding an elevator, which there are some PC mods to where you can get rid of that, but I would recommend not doing that, actually, because there's a lot of character interaction between your crewmates, so you get a lot of like little tiny backstory things with... Um, you know, some interactions that you're not going to see in just the normal, regular playthrough of the game. So I would uh, um, go ahead and leave that in. I'm definitely interested in it. I'm just going to see if it's... I doubt it's going to be a day one uh, uh, EA season pass with Game Pass Ultimate. But I'm going to see if there's like a discount on it or something like that. Yeah, sometimes you can get like a discount through EA, EA Play as well. So, uh, But no, I don't, I don't think they'll be on the uh, subscription service so probably in like six months or something so yeah uh but those are those games uh, and then harrison finishes off the show and says um other than match choice of iron man vr is there any games that you think are excellent that no one talks about not games that are reviewed badly just not talked about much um i mean the few, the few people i have seen talk about iron man vr did generally kind of enjoy it uh, I just still think that I do genuinely still think that there are people out there that maybe think that Iron Man VR is like an on the rail shooter, and it's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, that's obviously one to throw in there. Um, other games that aren't talked about, so like a bit more sort of hidden gems. Uh, the Little Nightmares games are, are very very good. The uh, Inside and Limbo games are very good. Um, they 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 have sort of like a small but dedicated fan base. But uh, for for those people outside of that little kind of group, not many people talk about the games that much. Um, but I feel like that's a series that deserves a bit more kind of praise and or a little bit more chat about it. Um, so I'd kind of throw last well, that's four games because they're they're kind of similar sort of uh, genre and that. So how about you? Any games you can think of that kind of fit that category? Yeah, um, and we've talked about this on other podcasts. Uh, Graveyard Keeper, I thought, was a really good hidden gem. Mm, yeah. Um, 
sad story to start off with, but definitely up there. Um, <sighs> blanking, blanking. Can't think of it. What is it called? Uh, oh, you thought of a, you can't think of what the game's called that you can. Yeah, there's a second game, but my brain doesn't want to work right now. It's been a long day, and I'm super <laughs> tired. So, can you think of anything related to it that I could help you with? <laughs> no, because it, it's it's so weirdly specific that I can't think of uh, that. Um, the other thing, the only other thing that I would mention is something that I threw in from last week, which was Jade Empire. Mm-hmm. Which I know you can buy on Steam. You can buy through EA Game Pass, uh, EA Desktop, and play it on your PC. And you can buy through the Xbox Store. That was definitely I wouldn't call it a hidden gem because it's a very early Bethesda game. Uh, so you kind of get to see their genesis in terms of uh, RPGs and some of the mechanics developed into the Mass Effect series. Um, but it, you know this is original Xbox, so this is you know. Not technically before your time, Matt, but you wouldn't have been playing this at this time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was, I was just thinking, you know what's going to happen? We'll, I'll, we'll we'll finish the show, do the outro, I'll hit stop, and then you'll remember what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> so probably. Yeah. yeah. Or or when I put the show up, or tomorrow or something, you'll I'll, I'll wake up to a message and you'll say, "Hey, it's this game." So, uh, hopefully, you remember it for uh, for next week's show. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, if you remember what it is feel free to obviously tell us on that so uh but that is everything pretty much for the uh, episode thank you very much for listening lots of interesting things to talk about this week we'll see what happens next week obviously we know we're going to be talking about ratchet and clank more next week because there's a state of play uh so there's that um and whatever the other two indie games they're gonna they didn't say two other games they said two indie games so um would that come under the category of a? Uh, I don't know. I can't think of what a game's called. That like, K- Kenya Bridge of Spirits or whatever it's called for August. Is Cameo. That, is that considered an indie game? I or, don't know. Because that's kind of like upcoming in that, so they yeah. might. Maybe it's that one they're thinking of. Maybe it's maybe it's something else. So, but what other indie games have they got? Obviously, definitely isn't an indie game. No. So. <laughs> Uh, but we'll we'll see what ones they are. So, but I'm thinking it might be that one if I'm uh, not mistaken. So, we shall see. Uh, but thank you all very much for listening. You can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, uh, TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts. Uh, and again, check your iTunes feed, see if new episodes are coming through because they should have been fixed now. There shouldn't be any reason that they're not in there. Uh, and of course, uh, the website should be a little bit faster. So. Uh, Enjoy all of our content, entertainmenttalk.org. Um, so there's all that. Uh, if you want to support Entertainment Talk in the podcast, you can obviously just listen to other episodes. <clears throat> you can also support us through Patreon and word of mouth. Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers, ad-free podcast and review options. Uh, word of mouth and social media, just tell people that you know to uh, go and find our content. Tell them where it is, entertainmenttalk.org. Please do that as well. Uh, Bex streams daily pretty much over on Twitch. Trista Bytes, Trista B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow over there. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch as well, eTalkUK, uh, for all my streams. I'm streaming some uh, Mason Greenwood career mode, if you want to call it that. Uh, the player career mode version, and uh, some Abe now and again. And uh, I haven't streamed any COD in a long time, but... Uh, it can it can be a little bit toxic sometimes, so <laughs> we'll see. But uh, maybe I'll stream some more of that in the future. But check all that out. Uh, Etalk UK on 
Twitch as well. Uh, and if you miss any of the archive streams, uh, you should be able to find them later on YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. And lastly, of course, you can also find David on Geek Town, GeekTown.co.uk, and Geek Town Radio. Geek Town Radio, sorry, uh, TV and film news. There is a new episode available available to be listened to, so go and check that one out. I'm about halfway through it myself, so uh, I'll continue that here in a bit. Um, but uh, check it out, Geek Town Radio, GeekTown.co.uk on Tuesdays to check out all of that. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Did you remember what the game was? No. Okay, I'll press stop now. <laughs> I thought I thought I'd wait a second. So anyway, see you next week. Goodbye. All right. Oh wait, before you go. Oh. Um, I just think